it's time for the Good Odds segment on Real World Gardener. On the line, I've got Margaret Mosikowska, who's the director of Moss House and an educator. How are you today, Margaret? Fantastic. How are you, Marianne? Oh, look, I'm good. I'm good. Well, this is part two of Grafting Techniques with Margaret Mosikowska. So first, let's recap. Why graft? Well, Margaret said... Uh, there is a lot of reasons for grafting. Uh, the most common reasons is to uh, prevent some soil diseases. So you actually graft, for example, fruit tree on a rootstock of a tree which is immune to diseases in certain areas. So that's why all citrus trees you buy, they are grafted because they are not native to Australia. We've got a lot of fungal diseases which can kill a tree. So with grafting on mature rootstock, you can get fruits much, much earlier in as little as two years. Then there was the equipment. You need the right equipment. I have a a grafting knife or a budding knife, I think. It's very sharp. Yeah, it's important because what grafting is, is joining parts of two related plants. And the, the other important thing is that the plants have to come from the same family. So you can't graft a citrus onto a plum. That won't work. They just won't take. Um, they have to be from the same family. So you cannot graft apples and peaches, but you can graft several types of apples and pears on one tree. Last week we also talked about the top cleft graft, which the rootstock you cut straight across and then cut a slit in the top. And into that slit you put the scion, which you have sharpened into a V-shaped effect. And this is what you insert into the slit of the rootstock. With the top cleft graft, you have to make sure that if it's not the same thickness, that you're aligning the one edge with the other edge of the rootstock so that you can't just plonk it in the middle and hope it will take off because it won't. Yeah, the alignment, the alignment, it's really important. uh, That's why you need the tape because the tape helps you to sort of squeeze all the parts tightly together. And that's what the success of a graft depends on because the the water and the other juices, they need to be able to be transported between two parts. So, yes, it has to be pretty tight together. Also, it depends uh, what sort of plant you graft. For most plants, the graft has to be above the ground level. So anything uh, that's sprouting from below the graft has to be removed because this is your rootstock. That's not the plant you want to grow. But there are some plants, for example, if you have lilac, it's usually grafted on privet rootstock. And you need to bury the graft joint in the soil in this case. So you need to make sure that uh, you know what to do with the plant once, once it's grafted. Usually people graft them when they are still growing in pots not in a garden because they have to wait if the graft was successful or not. So it's better to graft potted plant and then plant it into the garden, you know, if it grows successfully. So, yeah. All right. Now, is there a time of year where grafting is more successful, do you think? Springtime. Ah, of course. Springtime or sort of uh, late, late winter. So that's actually the best time for grafting because uh, you need to do this during dormancy because if the zion has got leaves already, it will evaporate water much faster through the leaves. So if you attach it to the rootstock, 
it will evaporate water before it's got a chance to grow together with the rootstock. So the water movement is uh, normal um, through both uh, parts. So that's why you do this in dormancy, not when the plants already already have leaves. So do you also recommend covering these the scion with, say, a plastic bag and then putting something like a rubber band or something around the pot if it in a yeah you you can you can do that you can do that it really depends on the weather if it's hot or if it's uh, really dry and windy like in winter it's a good idea to protect everything from water loss so mostly it's done by the uh, by using the grafting tape and you may also support the structure so the grafting side does not break in the wind for example you can wrap a string around it very tight, so sort of like a bandage. But um, if uh, your graft site is pretty small and it can be covered with a plastic bag, you could do that too. It will protect from loss of water by evaporation on a windy day or warm day. All right. Now, is there a easy one to start off with for, say, listeners uh, thinking, oh, I could try that? Which one would you recommend to go with first? Uh, you could do citrus trees. Okay. So, for example, this is really good when uh, you grow um, citrus from a peep and you get this really thorny plant, and which probably will not give you good fruit. So you can cut the growing plant when it grows in a pot and uh, add a twig from uh, another variety of citrus which you like to eat. So it could be an orange. And probably the simplest way is the cleft graft. Because you just, uh, um, the graft is really attached um, vertically, one on top of the other, and the cleft it's, holds it pretty well together. You can also graft avocados, or you can, uh, if you've got fruit trees already in a garden, you can graft on them a different variety of the same fruit. So if you have, for example, an apple, you can get a small zion from someone else and graft it uh, into the side of uh, the main trunk. So that's how you make multi-fruit or what is called fruit salad variety of tree. Yeah, that's a good way to start. So if it doesn't work for you, well... Doesn't matter. You still have a fruit tree, yeah. Yes, that's right, that's right. Well, there we have it. There's uh, some insight into grafting and maybe it's something that people can try. Once again, Margaret, it's been lovely and informative chatting with you. Uh, thank you, Marianne.